Hi, this is Tony Boydell, designer of Snowdonia and Gills of London, and you're listening to Heavy Cardboard. Bury yourself under some heavy cardboard today. Heavy Cardboard, episode 64, January Briefing. Coming to you from my stover, Denver, Colorado, welcome to Heavy Cardboard, where we talk medium and heavy strategy board games, war games, 18xx, and other related topics in the board gaming hobby. We're your hosts, I'm Edward. And I'm Amanda. If y'all are new to the show, first off, welcome and thanks for listening. If you're already a listener, thank you as well and welcome back. Thanks, yes. guys and gals. <laughs> Before we get started, just wanted to mention that these episodes, they're a bit different than our normal ones nowadays. These are kind of catch-up episodes that allow us to talk about stuff in general, what games we picked up recently and what we've been playing. So no reviews in them, but still, there's I think there's plenty of gaming discussion oh, in yes. there. Oh, yes. And... Uh, and folks seem to enjoy these, so mm-hmm. we're happy to happy to do them. So the basement is finally finished, and I don't ever want to leave it, ever. Yeah, it's, I mean, the epitome of first world problems in a sense that we gave our general contractor a punch list or a discrepancy list of like seven or eight things that if he never did them, really wouldn't be a right. huge deal. But it's all stuff that's going to get addressed in the next week or two that once that's done... It's, it's done, 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 yeah. done. So super excited. Yes, me too. And I'm, I'm so excited for life and our new normal. You know, with roommates and stuff, and just the house has been <laughs> uncomfortable for a while. This, it has because yeah. I mean, what was going to be six weeks ended up taking over four months. Yeah. And I mean, there's still tons of things around the house that don't belong where they are. Like, for example, currently there is a console table in our foyer with a laundry basket on top of it like it's just like which is filled with others yes stuff. it's just mm. it's crazy and i'm i'm beginning to see the light at the end of the tunnel it's faint but it's getting brighter yeah. <laughs> and i'm just i'm excited for matt and dana to get settled and for the house to be comfortable again because it's just been so long since it was truly comfortable here yep so but the the gaming space pretty good yes it no is. complaints none at all actually the website's about 75% finished, and I cannot wait to let it loose. I'm so excited for everybody to see it, and I'm pretty proud of it. And you should be. The It's a huge improvement on our current one, at least in my opinion, and that's all on you. All That's all Amanda. And by the way, for y'all who depend on the episodes page on the site to let you know new episodes are out, I dropped the ball a bit updating that, so sorry about that. But by the time y'all hear this, it's updated, and we'll stay on top of it. Yes. But... The nice thing is with the new new website, we don't have to do that. So That's once right. that, that goes, it's a non-issue. Exactly. We mentioned last episode that we'd just come back from the Arizona Game Fair, and we had a blast. And again, kudos to Andrew for, for that being a, a first-year con, going off pretty much without a hitch. Yeah. Big library, open gaming, everybody was friendly and welcoming, and a ton of heavy games were getting played. So that was awesome to see. Yeah, we had a lot of fun. It was a lot, a lot of fun. So speaking of Andrew, mm-hmm. while we were there, uh, he and I sat down for a little chat and figured y'all might be interested to, to hear straight from the horse's mouth. So 
Without further ado, here's Andrew Long of SpielPro and the Arizona Game Fair. Hey y'all, it's Edward. I'm here at the Arizona Game Fair with Andrew Long, the CEO of the Arizona Game Fair, yeah, right? Just, just founder, owner. Okay. I mean, I'm, yeah, CEO sounds a little Sounds all fun. fancy, it's a, doesn't yeah, it's, it? It's a game fair. It's like, all right, so, I mean, you and I have been friends here for a couple years mm -hmm. now, uh, but why did this come to be? Why did you want to do up a, you know, a, a game con? Well, one of the things, um, I go to a lot of conventions. Uh, we've been to Essen. I've seen you at uh, BGG and some of those. Um, and I like what they do. And I thought January in Arizona is awesome. Maybe we could start something like that and bring the industry people here versus you know everybody going to see them. Like at um, Gen Con, BGG, yeah, yeah. whatever. You know, I mean, like like a um, so there's these somewhat bigger conventions like Geekway to the West and SaltCon and. And so it was this idea of like um, Arizona has uh, our, our best season is in you know the the winter months the non summer the non summer months right. and most of the other conventions are all during the summer and none of my friends want to come here in the summer because um, it's 120 degrees and I don't blame them so it was just this kind of an idea of doing that um, I had been getting involved with the community here with my company Spiel Pro and some other things and so yeah it was just this idea of of trying to do that, um, trying to bring a convention that I like and, and set it up here. So. All right, so on that note, you said convention that I like. What What is your what is your vision? What is your goal for this? I mean, this is the first year uh -huh. of Arizona Game Fair, and you had, what, 350 people or so show yeah, we've, up here? we've sold, uh, it's, and we're still selling 370 badges. Um, the kind of convention that I like is, um, a little bit of, well, quite a bit of open gaming, so that a little bit stealing from BGG Con, where they have um, a, a nice library of games where you can come and try games and check them out. Um, we, we partnered with a local um, guy who does a rental business, and he brought, I mean, almost 600 games. Um, and so it's that idea of having a games I can check out and look at. But then also, there's a lot of gamers in the community that like to bring their games and their new games and meet people and do that. Um, we were going to do just all open gaming, um, but as we were going through this, we talked to a lot of the community members, and they like sponsored you know, or the scheduled gaming. Um, they like the idea of coming and having somebody teach them a game and do that. We got into that a little bit late this year, so it, you know it's, it's one of those things we're, we're going to get better at. But um, I don't enjoy scheduled gaming, but that doesn't mean other people don't. And so the idea is to do some of that, a mix of open gaming and scheduled gaming and demos. And um, The other real thing we want to do is bring people in. Um, and bring the industry to Arizona. So um, the goal for next year is to try to bring some of these publishers that never come to Arizona or because we don't have those kind of conventions where we have conventions where there's usually the local guys, the local, and we have some good ones. You know, it's the local guys are here, but like uh, other publishers aren't coming uh, or media people or um, designers or we have a lot of local designers, but you see them at every convention. We want to bring in some others. Uh, from from elsewhere. So. Yeah, I ran into David Short, who's David a friend Short, of ours. Tori Neiman, yep. we saw, and Michael Askew, yep. uh, Seth Jaffe from Tasty Minstrel. Arizona has a lot of really good, uh, uh, you know, designers. We have a really solid um, Tucson. Actually, has a really good game design group where they get together and play test each other's games and do that kind of stuff. 
Um, so yeah, it's like the local guys are great and it's all that, um, but I'd love to bring in, so you know those people that, like, like uh, heavy cardboard. Um, and we know, appreciate I'm, it. Yeah, yeah, I'm a, I'm a fan. Um, I know a lot of uh, local people, they're going to HeavyCon. I mean, they listen to you guys. I wanted to expose our community to what you guys do. And, and it, I think it's gone great. Yeah. I mean, sure, we've met a lot of fans, we've a, a lot of listeners and stuff, but there's been a ton of big games being played. I mean, I've seen the colonists hit the table five, six times here. I've seen dominant species. Yeah. I've seen tramways a few there times. Was some 18, uh, uh, there, there was 1846. There was Caverna. There, were, so it's not just you know your typical family con type stuff. And I, I think it's been awesome to see. Well, and there's, uh, I, I did. Somebody commented about. He's like, I saw these games out there that I'd never seen before, and they're these big games. And it's like, you know, there's like that excitement about that kind of. Um, awesome. I mean, hey, that's yeah. a future listener. I'm, I'm all on board with that. <laughs> um, but it's also, you know, the library did have a lot of, like, I saw a lot of, there are the lighter games being played and the card games. And um, like I said, the local designers brought their prototypes. Oh, tons to of play. prototypes being played, yeah. Um, you know, that kind of um, mixture of stuff is what we want. And then, you know, there, we have a, we did the role playing, uh, we have a role playing room. Right, so that was completely separate. So this, this one gaming space that we're in that's got just tons of tables here, it's totally open open and schedule games, but it's all board game centric. Yeah, um, Phoenix actually has a really solid RPG community. Um, uh, so, uh, you know, they really, I had a guy tell me that he really enjoyed the mix of RPGs that he didn't get to play. They had a really good time doing that. So, um, you know, it's like catering, that kind of stuff. We also have a really solid miniatures. We didn't, we weren't able to reach out to them as much this year. Like we're hoping to grow some of that because there's a community, some of the game stores that we have are really focused on the miniatures gaming and they really enjoy that kind of stuff. So it's, it's like getting that mix of stuff. But, cool, cool. Um, so, so is it, as successful as this seems to have been, I mean, it's been amazing this weekend. I was like, I assume this is going to be a annual thing going forward. Yeah, yeah we, um, I mean, the idea was if it, if it did well, we would do it again. And if it didn't, we wouldn't do it again. Um, so it is, it did well. Um, we were already worried that we filled this space, so we might have to find something a little bit bigger. First world problems, grow. Yeah, first right? world problems. But no, it's uh, already looking at dates. It's going to be around the same time, end of January. We, we think it's a good time. Um, it's after the holidays, but it's the start of the, you know, it's the start of the season. A lot of the big cons are coming up. People are doing stuff, and it's... I think it's great because, I mean, you take Heavy Con, which for us is annually the beginning of con season. That's right. Memorial Day weekend. So there seems to be a big dearth of cons, for the most part, or at least of any of any note that I'm aware of sure. between BGG Con usually marks the end, end of con of the season. season and then the beginning of late spring, yeah, there's early Bryce, summer. Yeah, there's a Bryce Con, but it's more of like, I think their thing is like, hey, it's it's winter in Utah, come ski and then game. And so there, there's some of those that go on. But yeah, I mean, the idea of um, a lot of those, you know, leading into Gen Con and Origins and all that, it just seems like there'd be a nice spot for for something to grow and and uh, I mean that's our kind of our goal and the, the Phoenix community is uh, um, I mean it's awesome it's it's growing and it's a uh, you know it's really cool so. yeah we've dug it I mean like I said we met a lot of a lot of listeners but also a lot of people that are just you know oh wow hey what's that yeah I want to I want to learn that in fact we were playing we played the colonist yesterday with uh, a guy who normally is playing citadels 
and uh, Carcassonne and stuff like that. And he's like, wow, this is, but it wasn't overwhelming for him. He's like, yeah, I really love this. So opening eyes to this, I think, is a fantastic thing. I think that's thing. what people don't realize about these kind of conventions is that when you have a lot of open stuff, people walk around and they see games and, and it's, it's a very visual thing. And they're like, like, that looks like something I could get into. Or like, what, how does that work? Or um, I don't play a lot of the like card games, but I see a lot of them played. I like to look at them, and like some of them are like, wow, I, I, that's, that, looks that looks interesting. interesting. I might, right. You know, I might want to try that. Um, so yeah, um, I think that's a big thing of of what these kind of conventions are for for players. And I, um, you know, it's it's uh, just uh, reaching out and and uh, and doing that. So cool. Well, um, we definitely hope to be back next year. We yeah, had a blast fun. this yeah. time. Everyone, everyone was really friendly. Everyone was uh, uh, good gamers. I mean, yeah. it was. It, it was. I, I have nothing but good things to say, cool. and I'm not saying that because we're guests here. It's just, sure. yeah, this is something that I would love to come down to. Although. I do expect better weather next year. Yeah, we uh, we had set up a patio. Actually, the patio, if it, if it was nice, they were going to put uh, tables out there because they have a little patio. But yeah, you rain. guys, you guys brought the rain. I didn't know rain. it rained. Well, and then Phoenix. Michael Michael Askew uh, got stuck in a snowstorm because you don't. I mean, you generally don't think of like Arizona as being like. But yeah, they got stuck. Uh, he's I think he's up near Sholo, but he was trying to get down yesterday. and He couldn't make it because they got stuck stuck in this like crazy snowstorm. But that said, and, yesterday it was beautiful out. Yep. Last night was fantastic. And he did make it. And the cool thing about Arizona is the snow doesn't last very long. No so doubt. He's like, he's like, like it snowed. Denver. But then it was gone, and we right. just got out there as fast as we could. So he made it. He's going to be here today. So. And I will say one other one other side note is a couple of the restaurants we've gone to since we've been here have been fantastic food. Oh yeah, food, no, there's, man. there's really a, good stuff. Uh, downtown Mesa um, has some some. It's solid, really really cool little neighborhood yep. there that the with the light rail and all that down that yeah, strip. Yeah. So it's that, come a long way. So yeah, it was definitely enjoyable. So. Uh, if people want to check out uh, Arizona Game Fair, tell ArizonaGameFair.com. Sign up for the newsletter uh, if you want information. That we'll be starting to send stuff out as we um, uh, as we go. And you guys are also on Twitter, right? Yep, at Arizona Game Fair. Cool. All right, Andrew. Well, thanks a lot. We uh, we got to cut this short because yeah. I love you, but we got tramways to, to play, play. right? right so, all right, man. Thanks a lot. Take care. That was cool. That was a really good time. So thanks again, Andrew, and can't wait to come back next year. Very excited. So as you all know, or should know, I think at this point, we're friends with Jim and Eric from Punch and Cardboard. And in, I think, their most recent episode, Jim was talking about austerity and how he's really frustrated in the constant churn and burn of new games and only being able to play a game a couple of times and then it goes off into the wasteland. Well, that was kind of, that got me thinking that our game group actually broke off from another local game group here because we were running into the same problem. And what we started out with was a game of the month, meaning, okay, we're going to meet on, say, Tuesday, whatever it was. We're going to play the same game multiple times throughout the entire month, so like on every Tuesday uh, for four or five weeks. And then, okay, once the group is, yeah, I think we're we're happy to move on now. Then we move on to the next game, whatever it was. And then the show happened, mm -hmm. and then it became the game group dictated by the needs of the show. Mm -hmm. Well, with this endless game day that we've been doing, and I would say 
overwhelmingly successful on our end. Yeah, I would. It's not perfect. There have been a couple days that we've missed, but the days that we've missed have been because we're doing show stuff. So it's not like we're sitting in front of the TV. So as we've said, mission accomplished. Exactly. We're we're using that time to plan the show or something instead of sitting in front of the TV. Exactly. So the whole game of the month thing and couple that with listening to Jim and Eric it got me thinking, and so I actually brought up the subject to our game group recently, and we not only have one Game of the Month group out of that, along with our normal every week Saturday thing, a game day, but now we have a Game of the Month on Friday with a subset of the folks that can only make it on Friday, mm-hmm. and then a Game of the Month with a subset of folks over on Monday. So three days a week, we have people over to be able to game and we're going to be able to get the same game over and over and over, which hasn't been a problem so much for Amanda and I, but it's been for our game group because if somebody only comes once a month, Mm -hmm. then we may have already moved past game X for the show. And so, oh, it's on to the next new thing Mm -hmm. type thing or old thing for the show but nonetheless it's not hitting the table with the frequency and and folks want that and Mm -hmm. so i i thought that was a exciting idea everybody seems really receptive Mm -hmm. i mean i think we have seven on one night eight on another night yeah we have we have multiple tables of game of the month going on (laughs) right and it's either going to be the same game or if we're if Within our group, we have multiple copies of, say, Tramways or The Colonist or Dominant Species or whatever it is. Hey, cool. Then both groups will be able to play that and we can mix the, you know, the the tables, not the groups. But if not, then, hey, this group's playing Maria for the month and this group is playing Tramways or, right. whatever, or whatever it is. So really, really excited about that. And we're going to start that up next week, mm-hmm. uh, starting on Monday, and then... Yeah, everybody's putting in their suggestions for the game of the month, and then we're going to... Everybody's going to vote on it, and then the winners would be the ones that get played. Right, and then out of that, then whoever's doesn't get picked, those go into a vote for mm-hmm. the following yeah. month, et cetera, et cetera. So if that's something that interests y'all, then... Piggyback on it. Yeah, absolutely. Use that idea. And let us know on Twitter what you're doing. Or anywhere for that right. matter. <laughs> the HeavyCon's just about booked up, yeah? Yeah, it's it's almost full. Uh, some of the stragglers in the second wave of invites, they're still coming through. In fact, we just got a couple more today, mm-hmm. so that's cool to see. But I'm thinking by President's Day, it should be completely booked up and ready to rock and roll. And super, super excited about yes. that. Yes. As y'all know, also, we finished up uh, the secret elephant, you mm-hmm. know, the the heavy cardboard secret Santa, obviously around Christmas time. And Skippin, who was uh, very generous and gracious enough to run it for us, he reported back, uh, I think, just a week ago or so that it looks like nobody welched. Which is great! Everybody, and I want to say it was something around 85 entrants, in it, or it had to be an even number, or whatever. Uh, but everybody followed through, and I, I gotta say, I'm really thrilled and I'm really proud that everybody just took part yeah. and it made for an awesome experience for all involved. So, very, very big shout out to everybody that took place. Thank you, as well as I hope you had fun. And hey, let's do it again next year. Absolutely, and next year, and the next, and the next. 
pretty sad to admit that I'm kind of falling out of love with bullet journaling. Why do you think that is? I don't have the time. I like the freedom that it allows with, you know, you don't feel bad if you miss a day or a week or whatever, but I just I just don't have the time to sit down and draw out the spreads and plan how I think I want things to be laid out and and stuff like that. I just I just don't. And so I mean, are there any other planners out there? Like do you guys have any suggestions for other planners or planner types or ways of planning that you think I might be interested in? I'd love to hear it and but probably what I'm going to do just for the moment anyway is uh, I have a little binder from the Target dollar spot that I've had for a while and going to do some printables and stuff like that and just kind of make my own but have it already kind of pre-made where I don't have to do everything so I can just do a little bit of it. <laughs> so you can do it as you want as right. opposed to being chained to it? Is that kind of? I think so. It's that I can I can have a good basis for stuff. I can have a good basis for you know, a monthly layout or a daily layout. And it's not something that I have to physically draw myself. I can just print it and just fill it in. Okay, cool. We'd love for some good vibes to be sent out to the Euler house for the four-legged member of our family. During his normal vet check, it was determined that Astro has a heart murmur and he'll be having an echocardiogram next Friday and to see what stage it's at, whether it's something that we can just deal with or if he needs to go on medication. And, um... In addition, the vet found a lump on his back thigh that she took an aspirate of, but she wasn't able to clearly determine what all the cells were. So she wants to be able to do a biopsy on that um, to clearly determine what's going on. And greyhounds are notorious for osteosarcoma, so it's not really something that we can just kind of throw on the back burner. It's something that we kind of need to know. I mean, he is 12, but, you know, we still want to know. He's our boy. And uh, he also appears to have something called panis, which is a disease of the eye. You know, so you turn 12 and you're a dog and you just start falling apart. Right. So he's like he's like an 80 year old man but <laughs> with four legs. Our right? poor guy. But that said, he's still his old self. He's still getting around just fine. He has no problem going upstairs Mm-mm. and downstairs to the basement and everything. Yeah. He gets super excited when we come home or we have folks over for oh, game yeah. day. And he still plays for his two minutes a yes. day that is his norm. <laughs> and, you know, he catches his treats so he can still see mm-hmm. fine and everything. So he's just, I mean, he's getting old, yeah. you know. But, uh, but yeah, he's still doing all right. So for those coming to HeavyCon, uh, just know that barring anything major, mm-hmm. Asher will be there yes. as, as the ambassador dog. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, really looking forward to it. But that said... Um, Positive thoughts are, sure, you know, but I'm sure he's going to be fine. Yeah. Lots of new iTunes reviews. Seriously, we just hit 150 in ratings and reviews on iTunes. Thanks, y'all. That's a huge amount. And like you said, we've had a a shocking number yeah. of reviews left for us on iTunes. So thank you to everybody that has previously done that, as well as the seven new ones. It really is a big help to the visibility of the show. So really, thank you. So from the U.S., Bonham Zorum Zah Pant. I'm sure I butchered that, but you know who you are. Haggith Huckins 1971. Coffee Runner 77. Phineas Poe 1978. All those from the U.S. Then our international listeners. 
Johnny G60 from the Great White North, eh? And Emra Goka from Turkey. Nice. Very cool. Very amazing. Thank you. And if you have not left us an iTunes review and you're willing to do so, please, it really does help with the visibility of the show. It really does. We want to take a few minutes here and talk to you guys about our Patreon and about supporting the show. As you may or may not have heard, we have completely revamped our existing Patreon. Just huge changes. Since the show has started, we've gone from twice monthly to every other week, and now it's a weekly. So that's providing more and more content for you guys, which actually, in a sense, is making the editing job and the recording and the prep and everything a little bit easier, even though it's more often. Yeah, which makes no sense, but it actually works. (laughs) We've been traveling to conventions, getting tons of interviews that you're not going to hear anywhere else. So as far as the actual changes to the Patreon itself, though, we've completely redone all the supporting tiers. You have me Skyping in with you and your game group and teaching you how to play a game every six months. Live video chats. We just did one last night, in fact. Right. Live face-to-face Google Hangouts and even a paid invitation to the 2018 HeavyCon. There's even a tier out there for designers that would like us to playtest your design and give you our feedback. On top of that, we've added a handful of milestones as well. It's gonna give folks access to Patreon-only content. There's a couple of them that have us traveling to wherever you are in the world and bringing a heavy cardboard game day to your game day. If you're in Vietnam, you're in Kansas, you're in Canada, you're in Turkey, wherever, we will come. Mm -hmm. So how that's going to work is we're going to do a raffle every six months live on our feed and we'll draw a name at random uh, from our supporters and that's where we're going that six months. Mm -hmm. We got to reach that level. But if we do, we thought that'd be a fun and exciting way to to interact even more so with y'all. Oh yeah, yeah. And last but not least, obviously, more money means better kit, better gear for the show, which means the show is going to sound even better, which is ultimately what we're aiming for here. Yeah, overall, I mean, this isn't something that we talk about, but I am completely self-taught when it comes to editing. I I've watched YouTube videos and trial and error and. It would be better, I feel like, if I could get maybe a couple of audio courses or something like that to teach me how to edit. And I, that, that level would allow us to be able to do that. The show sponsors that we have help offset some of the costs for hosting and the website and software and buying some of the games that we review, but the show really does depend on the support of you and your fellow listeners. Our basic level is $5 a month, and that gets you access to most of the stuff that we talked about a minute ago. And I mean, you know, if you don't want to donate to us monthly, then we have a PayPal link on our website where you can go and and donate to to us directly. Just email us and let us know and, you know, what you did. And we'll make sure that you have the exact same benefits that the annual tier would grant you on Patreon. So essentially for the price of a game a year, you're getting all the reviews and interviews and content that we've been creating for the last few years, as well as now even more. And you're also becoming part of the team and you're helping us to improve the quality and the quantity of the show. So, I mean, if you've been enjoying the show and get value out of the content we provide, we'd love it if you guys would consider supporting us on Patreon. However, if you're not comfortable supporting the show financially, but still enjoy the content that we bring you all each week, then we ask that you talk about the show, be it on PGG, Reddit, 
Facebook, Twitter, or with your local game group. Spreading the word absolutely helps the show and in turn helps y'all. So thanks for y'all's consideration. We really, really appreciate it. Thanks, guys. We can be found over at patreon.com forward slash heavy cardboard. So what's come into the house since the last briefing? Surprisingly, not that much. I which, know. Well, maybe not really surprising because of the fact that Essen happened and now it's kind of the dead period yeah. for a lot of uh, just a lot of publishers. There's just not a lot of stuff that goes on over the holidays and all that. And we're starting to come out of it. But overall, not a lot. Cable car which is, I believe, a, a re-implementation of Metro mm-hmm. that includes stocks. It was like 11 bucks on Amazon. Yes, please. Yeah. Incorporated, which we're going to talk about here a little bit more. It was, I believe it was a Kickstarter, but the designer reached out to us and asked us if we'd be interested in taking a look at it. And uh, there actually had been a discussion on the Guild mm-hmm. about this that week and i was like oh yeah right hey and so we ended up getting a copy of that one of my most anticipated games of all of 2017 is already here fields of despair by gmt so it's really awesome that it's here already and i can't wait to get it to the table however it's one of my most anticipated games and so i'm like it's February, yeah. you know, and so there's still enough games coming out later on this year that I'm looking forward still, though, to. Still, though, it's but, like, man. Right. I'm like, I'm thrilled I got it, but the anticipation is kind of part of it yeah. as well, right? <laughs> I know. It's a sickness. <laughs> Last two, we got another GMT game, Comancheria, which is uh, a follow-up from Joel Toppin's Navajo Wars. It's a solitaire game, and... I'm trying. I'm trying really hard to get into solitaire games, even if that means that you and I just tag team them as a solitaire. So almost a co-op solitaire type thing. And last but not least, from the Steal This Game Kickstarter campaign from our buddy Arachlis over at Luda Creations, we got just a really bizarre theme game. It's cool. It's Cooney and Lakia. It's uh, it's about a game about rabbit divorce. Yes, but it doesn't call it. It calls it the like the clinical term for rabbit. Yeah, the lapine or lapine or L A P I N E divorce. Lapine speaking, divorce. Speaking of which, all right, guys, hold on one second. Uh oh, I do not need seventy-seven different people telling me that. The Métis. I completely butchered that last episode. (laughs) I understand that, okay? But I assure you, if you think, you know, I'm going to be a team player and just let Edward know he completely embarrassed himself and just ruined the culture (laughs) of hundreds of years of people, just think to yourself that, you know, I'm sure he's probably heard that already. So, yes, for the from the for 77 of you that let me know, yes, I know it's not made Metis. I, it's Métis. I apologize to anybody I offended. Just know that going forward, my pronunciations, if it's not the Queen's English, I'm probably going to butcher it. I try. But just understand that. So, getting back to the game. Yes. It's Lapine or Lake Lapine. Yeah, I don't know. It's a chronicle of a royal Lapine divorce foretold. Right. So it's just, it's a card game and it's just... Seems that you fight over carrots. It's just, it's a crazy little theme that I was like, 
Yeah, I got it. <laughs> I got to check that out. Um, I hope it's a good game. Yeah. I just did it to be able to donate for the uh, uh, them getting the money box stolen back at, at Essen. So anyway, but that's it. That's that's all we've. Re- oh, you know what? I lied. There was one more. And big, big thanks to Smooks over in uh, over in Taiwan. He's part of the TBG uh, guys, the Taiwan board game group. I think he leads that night. Forgive me if I'm wrong on that. But by the time I made it to their booth over at Essen, they had already sold out of Roundhouse. And that was one of the games I was really looking forward to picking up a copy. So I talked to him and he was gracious enough to pick up a couple of copies, one for us and one for Eric over at Punching Cardboard because I told him I would mule that for him and I failed. So big thanks to Smooks for for doing that. Uh, Yeah, I'm super excited to get into that one as well. We want to thank the great folks over at Game Surplus for their sponsorship of the show. Fantastic folks, a great reputation, along with an ever-growing, amazing inventory of imported and hard-to-find games. Well, you can see why we're proud to be partnered with Game Surplus. Their tagline is home of great games at great prices, so check them out at gamesurplus.com. And when you do, remember to tell them Heavy Cardboard sent you. With Game of the Month and stuff coming up, does that have anything to do with what you're looking forward to playing? Yes and no. I mean... Obviously, the game of the month, it's also going to help us as far as, you know, preparing for the show and getting enough plays in for game X, Y, or Z. But just on a personal basis, right? Like, let's forget about the show for a minute. What do I want to play? Right. So I want to play more colonists. I want to play 1822, uh, Incorporated, Maria, and, I mean, we do have a final prototype of Lisboa. Mm -hmm. I would like to get that to the table early and often. How about you? Well, all of those, in addition to... I also want to play Nina and Pinta. Yes, but from Ragnar Brothers, yeah. good call. Uh, Pax Renaissance, because once was not enough. And an infamous traffic. I didn't get to play the game. I was, I was, My brain was dead that day whenever y'all played it, so I want to get that played as well. You know, it's funny. You bring up, oh yeah, and this one, and I'm like, yeah, that too. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, and exactly. that too. That's how I felt about your list. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So in other words... All the games, all the time. All of the time. Right. Which brings us to the meat of the show, right? Here we are 30 minutes into the show. Our bad. Right. So, have been playing. You want to you wanna start? Sure. So, a lot of these we played together. So, um, I'm sure Edward will just kind of interject whenever he has thoughts here. We've been playing a lot of Tramways. We have a review coming up. Yeah, it's going to be next week, in fact, which coincidentally coincides with Albin starting the Kickstarter for the first expansion. So a lot of people have been asking us on online, on social media, hey, are you guys going to review it? Uh, yeah, coincidentally, yeah. we're reviewing it next week. The one thing that I will let out of the bag on the review is, A, we really like the game, and B, if you're familiar with Age of Steam, this game's going to feel real familiar. If you're coming at it from like Small City or uh, Albin Viard's other uh, city line, it's going to feel fairly familiar. It's almost like a meshing of yeah, those it two. Definitely is a meshing. And yeah, really big fans, really enjoying it. Uh, once we got the rules right, which that's on me, not on Albin in this case. But yeah, Tramways, really, really good. I think we've played it six or seven mm-hmm. times already. Yeah. We still got another week to get more plays in and can't wait. Just even though we've played it that many times, still I'm wanna... looking forward oh, yeah. to playing it even more. Oh, yeah. 
the colonists still in love with the game. Yeah, it's it's seeing a lot of play. Uh, everybody in our group is still enjoying it. It's there's no doubt that the colonist is going to be a golden elephant finalist. So yeah, just really been enjoying that. I think we're up to over half a dozen plays yes. of it, if not way more than that. So uh, review coming in the next. I don't know. We'll say within the next six weeks or so. Yeah. High Treason, the Trial of Louis Real. We just reviewed it. So if you're interested in our thoughts, just go back and listen to mm-hmm. last episode. Uh, Mari Nostrum Empires, which actually one of the plays was with the designer of High Treason. <laughs> yeah, the night that we interviewed Alex Berry mm-hmm. uh, was night and we said, okay, you pick the game. And he was like, hey, how about Mari Nostrum? We're like, cool, awesome. Mm-hmm. And kind of find out that Ash who also was on a recent episode, had already played the game. So we had a couple people that had already played the game, which obviously helps. Oh, yeah. The game very much has a common play style, maybe? It's feel? To, yeah, to feel to Imperius Millenarius. It does. So I know there's a lot of people out there that are like, oh, whatever happened to Imperius Millenarios? I would argue that this might be a solid substitute. Yeah. I, Obviously, only, I think, two plays. We've only played twice, yeah. Two plays of Mari Nostrum so far, but we haven't played the original. We own the original Mm -hmm. as well, so I would be curious to be able to compare and contrast Mm -hmm. it. But I will say, I was really surprised, pleasantly surprised, at how smooth the game played, how it just felt ultimately really, really balanced that, okay, my job is to make sure the player to my left and the player to my right, the two sieves there that I have direct con- contact with, that I'm able to keep them in check. And the person to my right, his job is to make sure half that I'm mm-hmm. kept in check, so on and so forth. And it scales surprisingly well. It just, it was super polished was, and really yeah. smooth. And I really enjoyed the trading mechanic and whoever's leading on the trading mm-hmm. track is able to dictate, okay, you're going to start trading. You're going to yeah. do this and that. And, and we're going to trade this number. Right. As well as, okay, oh, building time? You get to build first mm-hmm. and or you get to move first and all of that. I thought I hadn't encountered that in any other game. So I enjoyed it a lot more than... Honestly, that I thought I would, even though we're both really keen on Civ mm-hmm. games, it, it definitely scratched a really good itch it in did. a really good way. But yeah. again, only a couple plays in so far. Mm-hmm. Fate of Akalon Tribes. We talked about that last time. Card City. Scythe. We have a review coming up in an upcoming episode. Yeah. Um, the production quality on that game is just fantastic. Amazing. It really, really is. And... It's another game that I have enjoyed more than I thought I would have enjoyed it Mm -hmm. going into it. Uh, It's not a super heavy, you know, meaty monster game. The artwork absolutely enhances it. Yes. The larger board helps with the little board expansion, Mm -hmm. so on and so forth. But yeah, we're definitely enjoying our plays. And like you said, we're going to be reviewing it sooner rather than later. Incorporated. You touched a little bit on this earlier. It's a very interesting game. It's marketed as an economic game, but it's really more area area control, area majority. It yeah, it's almost like a an area majority game with an economic theme. Yeah, I think. Yeah, uh, we've only uh, done a learning game of this so far, and it's. I want to say he made this himself, and maybe I'm I'm not sure on the background on that, and I think the designer is Turkish. Again, forgive me for that, uh, for for not having that in front of me. But the game, I've talked to a couple of people whose opinions I trust. 
and who have played the game and both have said, yeah, our group really wasn't too keen on it. And so I was like, oh, really, man, that's kind of a bummer. And then as I got through, I was reading through the rules and there was one thing with a, a, a bit of randomness in it. And I'm like, I'm not sure how I feel about that. And I was like, well, let's just let's just do a learning game of it. And you, me and Matt sat down to, to do that. And I was like, no, the randomness actually doesn't bother me because it's set before the round starts. So you know what's going yeah. on. And then the amount of chaos that is potential actually fits with the theme mm-hmm. really, really well. And yeah. I'm like, no, this this feels a lot better than I was led to believe. Again, just a partial, you know, I I, I hesitate to call it even a full play because it's a learning right, game right. of it. But I was, I'm a lot more excited about that game than I was after talking to a few folks. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, that just goes to show that just because we don't like something or you don't like something doesn't mean vice versa. Exactly. But as long as the reasons behind it you know, are given, yeah. then you can make your own opinion, yeah. right? And so that's kind of what's going on here. I think this is going to be a really solid sleeper game. Again, initial thoughts mm-hmm. there. But yeah, super looking forward to playing more yes. of Incorporated. Uh, Fire, it's an old Theta Games game. Yeah. Jenga with brown pieces. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's supposed to simulate like a fireplace yeah. type thing. Yeah. And it's one of those games that it looks cool. You can leave it setting out. And I guess now it's somewhat rare because Theta Games is long, long gone yeah. and no longer exists. But how we stumbled on this, it was, in fact, two years ago coming up uh, in next week, we had a, there's a local convention called Genghis Khan and they have a local a live board game auction and we always like to go there mm-hmm. that's how we spend halloween or how we spend valentine's yep. day <laughs> is how big a geeks are we right i think we've talked about this in yeah, the past but you noted we saw it there yeah and i was like depends how much they're asking i think we got it for like 25 bucks if or that, so it, yeah and so we were like yeah yay score and so maybe locally there aren't as many astute bidders yeah. Uh, so so that was that was a cool benefit. So ultimately, eh, whatever. The game's just fine. There's no reason to actually go out and hunt for that no. game. But we wanted to try it because we actually had it, and yeah. it's and it, it lo- like you said, it lo- it just looks cool. It's a good conversation starter too because people are like, "What's that?" You and know? It, you know, it's it's a Jenga type filler. So yep. it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, Trick of the rails. We've talked about that plenty. Still really enjoying our yep. plays. And I, I still believe that there is more strategy that some people online are willing to give it than, oh, I'm just going to do yeah, this. There's, no, there's, it's no, there's strategy involved. If you're a solid trick-taking player, uh, trick-taking game player, I think you're going to really enjoy it. So the the price tag on it's real low. The production quality's really real good. high. Yeah. Ian O'Toole did the, uh, the box cover mm-hmm. of it. And yeah, just can't say enough good things. It's our type of thinky filler. Well, and I'm... I'm a terrible, terrible trick-taking game player, and I like it. So you can either one is good. Right? To go. Yeah, on both sides. Right. Of that. John Company, which is John Cole Worley's latest prototype. I mean, it's still a bit raw, but the bones seem amazing. So only had like a three-quarter of yeah. a game learning game. Uh, Mark Van Minden has a playtest copy mm-hmm. of it, and it has since changed. Actually, yeah. Uh, I just saw, I think it was earlier today, Cole had, 
or maybe it was last night, Cole had tweeted out, oh, hey, look, it's John Company, but now it has a board. As opposed to games like PAX Renaissance and PAX Premier, it just had cards as the quote-unquote board. So the theme on it is really, really interesting. It, It tells the story of the British East India Company from the inside, meaning you're all employees of the British East India Company mm-hmm. and you're trying to gain prestige for your family. But it's not your typical Euro like, oh, I'm just going to try and get victory points for this and, you know, I'm moving this here, whatever. You're actually having historic roles. It forces the players to interact and there's conflicting interests here. So in our in our play... I was the like the CEO of the company and I got to dictate who got money for what and everybody was trying they had different roles and everybody was trying to tell me well yeah he needs this but we need the military to be beefed up and I need to be able to acquire goods for you know in in everything for the military and he's in the other and Mark was like yeah he's got this but I need the money over here even, even a little bit of role playing involved kind of almost it it just it's just unlike anything else that's out there so again it's only a partial play but definitely keep your eye if if you're interested mm-hmm. in games like an infamous traffic something about you know opium in the late 19th century, just off the wall, bizarre, but really well-researched and incorporated themes. Keep an eye on this. John Company from Cole Worley. I'm looking forward to trying the prototype some mm-hmm. more. So, yeah, hopefully Mark is able to bring that over and we can we can bust that out yeah. soon. Dominant Species, we played got a couple games played that. One at Arizona Game Fair and then another one last Saturday. Yeah, game day. Yep. And... Surprisingly, I did not. No, no, I don't want to say surprisingly. Well, but with this game, yeah. For some reason, I have a knack with this game. I have a pretty high win percentage. Yeah. So yeah, I jokingly at the Arizona Game Fair was talking mad trash to everybody. <laughs> uh, Josh was in the game and Dean was in the game and some of our uh, uh, friends and listeners down in the Phoenix area. And I was like, well, y'all are playing for second place. <laughs> just saying. And I did end up winning it. Yep. However, in the game with our game group, I got housed. And by housed, I mean I took second. Uh, <laughs> but no, that that was a lot of fun. We uh, A couple of six-player games. We got in, uh, both of them, under three hours. So it moves along at a good clip when most everybody mm-hmm. knows the game. And it's a it's one of my top three games of all time. And that's not changing anytime soon, I don't think. Ave Roma, only played it once, but it seemed pretty cool. I, you and Matt enjoyed that more than I did, I think. Okay. I think the reason I was just lukewarm on it was you had to track a lot of stuff and you had to look around on different places on the board. Yeah. Like, okay, this, yeah, I want to be able to go to this area and place this worker there, but wait, no, I don't have enough of whatever this is over here to be able to pay for that. And so... The concept of the way the workers work in this game in that everybody starts out the game with one worker uh, value one through five and the higher value, meaning the ones closer to the number one, allow you uh, more range and more variety in where you can place them. So, and, but they're all in neutral colors. They're all white uh, little tokens with the numbers on them. However, at the end of the round, you don't get your workers back. Instead, you get in area of workers. So if you want a lot of workers, uh, you you want first dibs, you 
take them from this area because between all of us, we had placed four workers there of the, you know, of our five. So maybe you have a worker that's value two, another that's value two, and three that are value four. That's what you got for next turn. And so you go around the table uh, almost drafting Mm -hmm. uh, existing workers where we left them from last round as a group. And so that I hadn't seen in any other game. And I thought that was really, really clever. Mm -hmm. But I'm not sure if I like the game overall. As you said, it's one play. We'll see. But... And another thing is the side of the board that we played on is the very busy side. So I'm curious to see if we flip it over and play it on the kind of toned down, tame side, if that helps with you being able to track everything. I would argue that we played on the pretty side. Yes. But it's less functional, whereas the other side is, it's ugly. Um, I'm not a fan of the art on that side. However, as you all know, function over form so we want to try it on that and that may very well Mm -hmm. help with the being able to track everything so again it's one play it's something that we're going to review in the next couple of months so listen for it more then new amsterdam which is a favorite that i always forget as a favorite until i play it and i'm like oh yeah like why don't we play this more so i think it plays like three to five but really it's a it's it's a five player game it's a really tight auction, very mean auction in a sense that uh, unlike Neue Heimat, where there's a lot of emerging partnerships in the game and that might only last for a few minutes, mm-hmm. this is, it's possible for there to be a fall away loser problem, not really a runaway leader. It's just, it's possible. There's not much by way of a, a catch up mechanic right. in this game. Which, unsurprising, we like that. <laughs> However, it's possible that a couple rounds in that you realize, yeah, I'm pretty SOL and I still got to stick it out. Right. So there's that. Another game that we want to get to the table more mm-hmm. and reviewed. But again, if so, it's going to be later this year since it's an older game and we're still working through the S and crop. And next game, Ash, I'm going to beat you because you beat me by a point. And I'm not a fan of that. If I lose, I want to lose. <laughs> Or, or you could do the flip side, right? And be like, you should have played two points better, Amanda. Hey. <laughs> Aren't you am supposed I, to be on my side? I'm just wondering. Am I wrong, though? Doesn't matter. <laughs> the climbers, which is our you know go-to standby for conventions, because it gets people around the table. And what are you playing? I've never seen this before. What is this going on here? Yeah, first thing in the morning, uh, whenever a convention starts, we try and play the climbers, because yeah. it gets people... Involved because it's a, you know, it's obviously a thinky game and, you know, it's a that building abstract aspect of it. But at the same time, it's super approachable. It looks cool on mm-hmm. a table and it gets people talking and kind of, you know, uh, just around. In, yeah, and interacting with yeah. one another, which a lot of people have a hard time doing that it's at, a good at convention. Breaker. Yeah, perfect. That's a good way to put it. Exactly. And so to round up Terraforming Mars, the. You know, we just reviewed it. Listen to that episode. SNCF Transcontinental Railroad Map, 1822. Which is the best 18xx that we've played. It is the best 18xx that has come out recently. Uh, in fact, last year. Uh, we've talked about this uh, numerous times on the show. Mm-hmm. We want to actually review it. We need a handful more plays on it before we do so. But the thing that really sets this one apart is it has auctions throughout 
I'd say the first three quarters yeah. of the game as opposed to, wow, we have this really cool auction at the beginning of the game and then and we don't it. do an auction uh, after that. And it also has that thing that being Euro players that we really love that it dangles all this delicious candy in front of your face, but it it's more or less a tease that helps get you off track. And so you have to stay disciplined and stay on target and not be tempted by all these, you know, devil <laughs> temptress items that the game provides right. and instead stay on target and do what you want to do or what you had planned on doing. And it it has a, a, a mid weight as far as game length. You know, you're talking, I think, Around the five to six hour mark, thereabouts. Uh, but I'll be honest, I am never watching the clock when we play this. No. I am completely involved and engaged. And just if it's, it's not my favorite 18XX, I'd be hard pressed to say which mm. one I like more than this. Wow. And we got Pantheless back to the table per Banker Dave's request. Yeah, he wanted to be able to teach it and he wasn't comfortable. So he wanted to get it to the table again. Mm -hmm. And we enjoyed it and oh, yeah. we played with a. House variant uh, for the goods that we talked about when we reviewed it, and it seemed to play really well. Yeah. And we, it, It's awesome that we're able to get these games that we've reviewed back to the table because we're playing games every day. We yep. have that luxury, so it's it's really, really nice. So, yeah, that's that's quite a number of games that we've been, we've been playing recently, and big thanks to, really, our game group yeah. for helping us out. And, and I mean... Forcing them to play all these games. I, I know, know it's a terrible thing. Don't get me wrong. It's dreadful. This episode is brought to you by BoardGameTables.com. If you're in the market for a beautiful, hand-built, custom board game table that is sure to become the centerpiece of your game room, go check them out over at BoardGameTables.com and mention Heavy Cardboard when you do. Before we sign off... We want y'all to always listen to our show each and every week when it releases. However, we wanted to highlight a couple of our fellow shows and honestly, personal friends of yeah. ours and suggest checking them out. Y'all know Punching Cardboard. Jim and Eric, we've had them on the show before. Mm -hmm. They're a couple of really good guys, highly opinionated in the best way possible. They talk scotch, which... Still tastes like an ashtray to me. Yes. I'm trying, but it still tastes horrible. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm trying. They talk music. And again, some of their tastes in music we differ on. But hey, at least it's broadening horizons, right? Yeah. And they also, they're a lot less PC. And I don't mean punching cardboard. <laughs> they, they, they tell it as they see it, which I appreciate. And it's one of the shows that I thoroughly enjoy listening to every time they come out with a new episode. So definitely go check them out. Low player count. I'm sure if you're listening to us, you probably know all these guys, but that's yeah. all right. Travis, Donnie, and Sean, they talk, obviously, low player count stuff, right? So solo and two-player games. But they also talk about other stuff. Travis has his introspection stuff. They have, uh, you know, if you can only buy one game, that type mm -hmm. thing. So it's a, it's not all heavy games, but it's something that I enjoy listening to. So I figure I would mention to y'all as well. Two more. Brawling Brothers. So Brandon and Josh. They're, the way I describe it is the morning show of board games. Mm -hmm. It's it's think of you know those really high energy goofy 
but morning but zoo. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But extremely highly polished and well pub, uh, yeah. well produced. That that's the level that we're aspiring to. Yes. they just have way better equipment than we do, <laughs> uh, and just a lot of effort goes into their show. Um, it's in a whole different realm than what we do, but that doesn't necessarily mean different is bad or worse. No. It's just completely different. Yep. And if you're into that and you're interested and you want something, some high energy and just off the wall stuff, <laughs> definitely check them out. There are a couple of really good friends of ours, mm-hmm. really stand up guys, and they put out a hell of a really good show. So check them out. Brawling Brothers. And last but not least, it's somebody I've never met, but I really enjoy his show. The guy's name is Bruce Garrick, and his show is Wild Weasel. It's only war games. It's a 30, 45-minute show, and it's just one guy. He puts on a really good show. He gives the latest, greatest news as far as what's coming out and what's been going on in the war game realm. But also, this guy has a ton more war game experience than I realistically will ever have and so i really enjoy getting that itch scratch because let's face it we don't get as many war games to the table as we want we're working on that but we're not there and so i actually go and listen to bruce's show to help with that however he said he in his last episode he was like yeah how come nobody let me know about hands in the sea all I got to say, Bruce, should have listened to the show. We've been <laughs> hyping it for a long time during the uh, before the Kickstarter yeah. and during. It was there for the taking. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, those four shows, highly recommend. Go check them out. Punching Cardboard, Low Player Count, Brawling Brothers, and Wild Weasel. And with that, we'll catch you all in a week with mm-hmm. uh, our interview, uh, or I guess my interview, yes. of Albin Viard while I was over in Spiel. And I'll be honest... This was arguably my favorite interview that I did. The just the insight in that he put gave into how he goes about designing games was just awesome. So that and our feature review of Tramways, really excited for yes. it. So hope y'all check in next week. We'll see y'all then. Catch y'all later. Bye. forget to support us on Patreon. Please.